Georgia courtroom was crowded as Ellie Mae took the stand. She was accusing Reverend Joe Henry of being a no-good preaching man. Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This show features the open-minded musings of two equally aged late 40s curmudgeons. Yeah. Newly equal, newly equal. That's right. We haven't. That's right. We there's are, a, there's an we are now both. Yep. Now both of chronology. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Chronologically, and, we are, are yes. neck and neck. We are we are looking at each other uh, for equal vantage point for the first time in a long time since since June fifteenth. Uh, <laughs> those people uh, stare down the prospect of entertainment relevance, and I will tell you who those two people are right now. My name is Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which is one English prog rocker standing at an endless bank of Korg and Roland keyboards playing synthesizer versions of modest Mussorgsky compositions. Nice. Thank Good you. One. Thank you. And I Who holds who holds the record for the keyboardist in a prog rock band for the most keyboards on stage the biggest setup of keyboards uh, actually i don't know I, I could specify there's a good chance it's our man evangelios papathanasis uh van vangelis as we know him um, right rick wakeman is definitely a possibility right well i would think wakeman right uh my fa- um, my favorite my personal when i my image of this was jeffrey downs from asia and yes and the mm. buggles that's one of um that's one of my right. personal favorites yeah right um what band was vangelis in no he, oh. he was in a yeah, he it was, was in a band before. He was in Aphrodite's Child. Aphrodite's Child. That's what it is. See, yeah. look at that. Look at that. Good recall. You know, Uncle Noah knows his, his prog rock trivia. That's, that's true. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Van- Vangelis is mainly famous for the um, Chariots of Fire theme, right? Uh, that well, he, he, he had a couple of banger albums. I mean, if, I, I, look, if anybody's interested, see, they're fucking banger. They're gorgeous tapestries. Banger album. The term banger to refer to music originally applied to obscure Greek. whatever country Athens, he's from. Greek. Yeah, Athens. Prog Greek. rock. Yeah, yeah keyboards. From the early 70s. So what's your anyway, name, my friend? My name is Noah Tarno. I'm the founder and the senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. I'm also the owner of several Yes in Asia albums. Okay. You know, um, I'm, I'm telling you, this is um, 1982 was the year um, Asia by Asia uh, landed. And right. It was a big we hit have, that year. And, you know, we it, have now lost every listener under the age of 45. Yes. Well, they ride the pearl and what is it? Catch the pearl and ride the dragon's wings, as we like to say. Yeah. Catch the bull and ride the dragon's wings. Pearl was the lyric for Pearl. Heat of- Pearl? Yeah, catch the, catch the pearl and oh, ride the dragon. Catch the bull and ride oh, the dragon. Catch the pearl. Anyway, folks, that's from a song called "Heat of the Moment," a big hit in 1982 by a supergroup called Asia, which consisted of members from prog- progressive rock and roll bands. Legendary royalty. Very important. They, they were not from Asia. That name. No, is not quite to the contrary. They're all Caucasoids They're from, from from northern, central, and northern England. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, on this show, you know, what do we talk about? Okay. So today's show is a bit of a gift to me, right? Because you know, Bill and I is like, what are we going to talk about? We talk about things that are hot, that are happening, that are new, that are in the news. And we were debating, talking about Bill. Tell them what we almost talked about. Oh today. God, we were talking about the the sound of freedom. The the sound of freedom, sound of which freedom. is a movie. Made by some people you do not want to invite to your Halloween party, who basically it's getting a lot of press. Disney dropped it, but then some other studio picked it up, something like that. Anyway, it's supposedly a movie about, supposedly a true story about saving children from child trafficking. It is QAnon adjacent, and the whole marketing campaign is basically right wing grievance of Hollywood didn't want you to see this. 
but it's getting a lot of press and there's something to chew on there. So we're like, well, let's watch it. Because um, they're and, asking, you know, they're asking people it. when they go, they're asking people to buy another two tickets to seatings you're not going to go to. So people yes, are essentially buying to, three to four right. tickets for every one right. movie, and that's right because it, yeah. that's how you stand up for your principles is buying movie tickets. Movie it's tickets, like get yeah. a get a Chick Fil A sandwich. You're standing up for Jesus. Um, anyway, you can tell how we feel about that topic, but I I was reluctant because a yesterday was my birthday. And the last thing I want to do on my birthday is watch one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, especially last week. I watched a movie this week called Killer Sofa from New Zealand. We thought it would be so bad it was good. It was so bad it was bad. So bad it was bad. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like offensive in a QAnon way. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to watch this. Also, it's it's been a while since we talked about a topic on the show that we liked. And sometimes we do. Sometimes mm. we love the topics, right? Yeah. So we're like, you know what? Let's just do something that is we know we're going to enjoy this is a topic we've been talking about on our own time yeah. not on podcast prep time we both knew we liked it we had both already consumed it maybe it's a month or two late but still out there uh it is a television program called jury duty bill tell them about jury duty jury duty yes um hopefully you've heard of it I think that in the time between it came out and now, when you're hearing my voice um, echo through the uh, spaceways, that the show has gotten some um, critical mass, but the question is how big is that critical mass? So uh, for the sake of the uh, uninitiated, Jury Duty is an American reality hoax sitcom TV series, if you want to call it TV. I guess you can play it on your TV, technically. Um, yes, they're official. I, someone called me on a trivia question once for referring to Orange is the New Black as a TV show. And I because oh, you don't watch it on TV. I've since pushed back because all the awards bodies refer to them as TV shows. Yeah. It is a TV show, Bill. So this was created by Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepnitsky. It's about a fake civil trial in Southern California. It stars a young man named Ronald Gladden as a juror who is unaware of the hoax. He is a regular person in the company of a completely fabricated environment. Uh, James Marsden, uh, famous from, let's see, he did Enchanted, he did Superman Returns, he did the X-Men movies. He's got a long list of Who things. Who is he in Superman Returns? He played Lois Lane's uh, current husband that Superman sort of um, is, is, is upstage for when he comes back to Earth. Well, oh God, I don't remember that movie Don't at worry all. about it. Don't worry about it. We're not, okay. There will not be a quiz. So Marsden is the one name actor you might recognize alongside an ensemble cast of a lot of, you know, L.A. working actors. Um, it premiered on something called Amazon Freevee, which this is most likely what you've not heard of, Amazon Freevee. It dropped on April 7th. So, yeah, this is a couple of weeks slash months slash years old at this point. Um, now, the reason why we get to talk about it now is because the series received three noms at the primetime Emmys upcoming, or eventually, whenever they happen. Uh, let's put it this way. I know. So are they putting off, they're putting off the ceremony entirely because of the SAG strike, right? Yes, yes. I mean, so God knows what okay. it means, but uh, who knows when the ceremony will happen and so on and so forth. Um, so it, it, it merited uh, an outstanding comedy nom and supporting actor in a comedy series for James Marsden. I think it's the first of its kind for him, no less. Um, so the series chronicles the inner workings of a jury trial, civil jury trial, in the U.S. through the eyes of this guy, Ronald Gladden, who himself is a solar panel contractor from San Diego. Also, as I said, he's unaware that his summons was not official and that everyone in the courtroom, aside from him, is played by an actor. Uh, it is glorious eight mere episodes. That's the length of the show. Not 13, not 26, not too many. It is a perfect eight-episode build, platonically 
solidly crafted and the uh, um, eighth episode no less is a catharsis episode more or less where all the production secrets are revealed to Gladden so I just said seven story episodes and one kind of wrap up that really brings the idea home uh, it's directed by a guy named Jake Zemanski who worked on two very unheralded movies I'd like to recommend if you get a chance Seven Days in Hell from 2015 Tour to Pharmacy in two, 2017 these are Andy Samberg run sort of like fake sports documentaries in the in the mold of like hbo films um one of them is about tennis and one of them is about um uh the tour de france it's completely ridiculous and they're actually they took the time to make them funny uh and Samansky has got a lot of chops from having worked on these got a, and right and he's actually got something in the theaters right now at the moment he directed um Oh, no, I should say he's involved with this, but Stupnitsky and Eisenberg, the creators, actually directed a movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence called No Hard Feelings, which is currently one of the top-rated oh, comedies. I've seen the, yeah, I've seen the previews for that. Who's the guy in that? Uh, no, it's a kid. He's, he's sort of an untested guy. I don't, I don't recognize him. He's uh, so untested. Untested, okay. that's what I would say. Um, now, uh, I, I think it's important to note that the, the jokes are never at, J- at Ronald Gladden's expense. You know, he's given numerous opportunities to prove his moral mettle. And there were so many examples thereof that a bunch of examples of his upstanding behavior never made it to the final edit because there was just so much to cut around. So, uh, no, I believe you started watching this hours before I did. And you this was when you were texting me a couple of weeks ago. And so you had a very positive reaction. Tell me about your yeah. uh, experience with John yeah. Dean. Yeah, I, I, I like the show quite a bit. Um, you know, it is quote-unquote reality TV. Actually, you know, I, I've, I've gone on about this. I think the term reality TV is misused a lot. Like, I actually think this count, well, it's a hoax. But if it really were what Ronald thought it was, which is just a regular real case and the experience of the jury, reality TV means you're watching people ostensibly going about their real lives, things that a normal person might do, but it's being put on TV. I don't like when they say, like, a game show is reality TV. Hey, these are their or rules, they, man. These are the class, the when they taxonomy say, from yeah, inside Hollywood. It's know? just, it's not what reality, you might as well call Price is Right reality TV if you're going to call... I can't even think of an example. The Bachelor reality TV, because they're not, they're going through a, a very, 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 uh, a situation that the average human It's scripted. It's mostly anyway. scripted, too. Let's put it that way. Right. So this show is, you know, he thinks it's a jury. He's being watched, and the other jurors, and crazy stuff happens, and then it turns out they're all actors. They're all, everyone. The judge is an actor. The bailiff is an actor. The, the waitress, when they go out as a jury to a Margaritaville, is an actor. Um... This is a great show. It's clever. It's funny. Uh, it's innovative in its format. In the last episode, you see where all the cameras were and how things were hidden and how they engineered stuff to keep the secret from Ronald. Uh, it's very innovative. It's high effort. We complain on this show all the time, Bill, about you know first-pass comedy and how people are lazy. No laziness here. Everyone works their ass off. Those improvisers are great. Great. Uh, and it's, it's well cast. You know, I keep saying that you know, everyone, part of the buzz about the show is that everyone's talking about what a great guy Ronald is, how he was the nicest guy, how the other people in the jury who, when they turn out to be freaks and weirdos, I mean, they're characters, he's nothing but generous and kind to them, how in being the jury foreman, he does a good, open-minded job, how he just comes off as like the least toxic, yet still quite masculine uh, guy you've ever met in your life. So I've been going on about how they got so lucky that they found him. But actually, my sister said this to me. She's like, she also watched it. She liked it. She said, well, give credit to the the producers, like, you know, 15,000 people. Apparently, he found it on Craigslist. He thought he was just going to be on some reality show no one would see. They got 15,000 submissions, and they picked one guy, Ronald, right? 
So I just think this show has so much going for it. And even besides that, it's just funny. It's enjoyable. It, it loops you in. You laugh. You have a good time. You feel good about it. You know, it distracts me from the world of just being shit. I mean, maybe this is a value, the value of some reality TV that I never really got. You're seeing regular life being good, you know, or at least not being bad. And that's something I feel like reality doesn't reality TV doesn't do enough, but maybe they should do more of that because I'd be more into it if they did. Uh, in terms of the innovative nature of the show, there's a quote here. There's an interview with James Marston, who, by the way, I never thought of that dude before. I thought of him as Cyclops on in uh, in X Men. I really didn't think of him beyond that. But talk about a great career move. He's this beautiful, handsome guy. He's playing an obnoxious version of himself. He's lovable. He's funny. He's game. He's a and veteran. He's a gimmick. veteran of like 25 right. years. Yeah. And the gimmick, by the way, just to be clear, the gimmick is, you know, Ronald thinks he's called for jury duty. And as I'm sure happens in L.A., just a coincidence, hey, look, it's a celebrity also called for jury duty, right? It happens. You hear stories about it. There's a great story in 2004 um, about less than a year after the 2004 election. So I guess it was 2005 by then. John Kerry was called to jury duty in Massachusetts and the reactions of the juror and one woman saying how nice and open-minded and thoughtful and intelligent he was and then saying, I wish I had voted for him. <laughs> anyway, so Marsden was interviewed and, and uh, you know, he said nice things. He said, I was, I, when I heard about the show, I had hesitations. I don't want to make fun of this guy. So here's a quote from Marsden. On a regular scripted show, you know the beginning, the middle, and the end. But Ronald was the wild card. If we wanted to make him turn right and he wanted to turn left, we'd have to turn left with him. A great deal of adaptability was required to be able to flow with it. The phrase I heard most on the show is, this has never been done before. We were rewriting the script every day. We had to grow with him as we went along. Our North Star was that we needed to make sure we felt good about what we were doing at the end of this, and we weren't going to do anything that's going to make him feel humiliated. We wanted to celebrate Ronald for his humanity. We achieved that. And I know, unquote, and I know that can sound like, you know, bullshit, like the president of McDonald's saying how McDonald's brings people together or whatever. But I think Marsden is right in this case. This is a great TV show. This is a really, really good entertainment project. Yeah. And, and you know, let, it, it kind of belies the origin, by the way, the, the network it's on. The, the Amazon, the entity of Amazon Freevee is still one of yeah, these. What, so what is that? It's exactly. like Prime Video, but no one pays for it? Yeah, is it, it, is a, it, is okay. a, uh, it is access to some Prime content um, without, you know, without a pay component. You can just get the app and or stream this yourself. You have to sit through commercials. That's the thing, is that this is designed as an entry-level um, access to, you know, to soften you up to, to upgrade to Prime. But this show was not made for Prime. This show was made for Freevee. That's what's very unusual about it. They didn't just take it from Prime and like downgrade it to Freevee. You know, Amazon and I don't know who's in charge of green lighting and, and you know, it's a, such a fucked up landscape in terms of who's uh, uh, programming and, and, and green lighting and whatnot. But um, their idea was this was a show explicitly made, I'm assuming for a very modest budget because it was done pretty quick. I think it was just over a couple of weeks. And it was designed for this this non-cable, non-pay, commercially-fed subsidiary of Prime. It's such a torture-twister thing. And that's why I think a lot of people lost this. This was not easily findable. 
And once the word of mouth, I heard about it from like five people. Okay, but, but I was like, the word of mouth is what sold it, not not proximity. You didn't accidentally stumble upon it. But again, what the fuck are you going to accidentally stumble upon these days? It's sort of not possible anymore. It just almost doesn't exist as a phenomenon of quiescently coming across entertainment. And yeah, you know what? I, I independent of me, I'd heard about it months ago uh, on a couple of podcasts where. Um, the producer, oh no, the director Zemansky and Gladden were talking. Uh, it's a, it's this Hollywood movie podcast called The Town, hosted by a guy named Bellany, Matt Bellany. And uh, that's the first place I'd heard of it, like really shaken down. I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. And then you heard it independent. It's like, yeah, you know what? I think I'll go for it. And I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but me and the wife watched it and it was compulsive. It was just really the fact that, that again, that 28 minute long build is, is, is great. And, you know, again, um, you could compare this to a show uh, that it, it conjures up the, the ghost of Joe Schmo, which was, I want to say, somewhere between yes. 2001 and 2007. I can't say for yes, sure. the Joe Schmo show they compare it to, which yeah. tell them about the Joe Schmo Well, show. Joe, Schmo, Joe Schmo was... Joe Schmo, Schmo, Schmo. It was a reality show where a guy reality was cast... Schmo. Reality Schmo. Reality Schmo, Schmo. Yeah. <laughs> the Flaming Schmo. He was hired, the guy was cast to be in a reality show. Like, the auspices is that he was actually on a reality show inside of a house. Yeah, he was, he was on, like, a Bachelor-type thing, he thought. But it was and the same. And it turned out all the other contestants were actors. Right, but so they had a little more leeway. Um, you can get away with more height and shit because the guy thought he was already on a show. Um, this guy did not think he was on a show. He thought he was, on a do- he was in a documentary about a taped trial. So there's a modicum, like you actually see the cameras in the courtroom, you know, the, on, on, you know, there, there's some real. T- yeah. And they were doing like talking to camera interviews and yeah. stuff Which he is, was doing. That's yeah. the vocabulary. And that's the stuff that essentially facilitates or it, it smooths the way for some surreality. If you already expect this to be a filmed experience. Um, but I, I have to agree with you. This was this was really well done. And I'm glad that it wasn't just a product like the accidental kind of elevated every guy nobility of, of Ronald Gladden was a goal and not just a byproduct of a, of a quixotic shoot. You know, they, they actually set out to cast the correct guy and then at every point give him ample opportunity to sort of, I, I don't know, I use, use cliche words like shine to prove himself, to, to, yeah. to test his sort of moral mettle. And it, yeah. just, it just they called him the hero. They yeah, that's how they referred to him. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's hero. a big ask. I mean honestly, you could yeah, cast you right. can cast a number of people who look like they're almost perfect, and all of a sudden you find out that they did something terrible in college, or I don't know what the fuck. I mean maybe this is common. I don't know, but I feel like this this can't be that common because just crazy stuff keeps happening. So people are really glomming onto this. So why? Uh, it, this is a confluence of many popular and successful forms of comedy, um, including reality, including mockumentary. And, you know, it's not going to surprise anybody that I think that there is a huge, huge debt of this show's success owed to The Office, which, you know, not, yes. not the least of yeah. all because uh, Stubnitsky and Eisenberg are products of uh, Greg Daniels' talent incubator um, of, of writer-producer types. Anyway, like, the, of course it's going to be influential because, and you know, that's, it was a feeder, it was an incubator system. Um, you know, and I think more appropriately... This show slots into that sort of new Ted Lasso era of good feelings, uh, Noah, to, to coin the presidential uh, term, uh, where yes. we, we are kind the of... The era of good TV feelings. Yeah, we, we are um, definitely starved for positive slash warm figures in the entertainment landscape. And this show, at, at the very least, offers that while going so much further to endeavor to give an actually good comedic televised experience... That I don't believe anybody, I haven't heard anybody shit on. So I'm assuming that the jokes all pass muster. 
So it's kind of like a sandwich, man. You get just about every piece of it you want, and it works in great proportion. I agree with all of that. There's one thing just to add. It's just funny. It's just a funny show. You know, part of the show is done well is not only they had to do the trick of keeping them in the dark, but it's not first-pass comedy. They wrote good jokes. And a thing like this, they didn't just write good jokes. They engineered good jokes. I mean, there's stunts happening all the time. Like, the def- So the case is happening. It's a civil defense trial. This uh, woman... <sighs> She's funny. The character, the woman who's suing, you know, they're all actors. She's such a Paltrow, she, you know, that's the whole point. Right. She runs a company that uh, sells t-shirts. Is that it? Fancy t-shirts? Yes. Am I remembering? Luxury upscale and, t-shirts. Right. And she fired a guy who's clearly a druggie and she claims that he ruined her business because he ruined a whole stock of stuff. And he's a total fuck up and she's a Paltrow ice cold diva and the attorneys representing them are idiots. And the attorney represents... And by the way, the attorneys, they're actors, but they're actual qualified attorneys. Yeah. They found actors who yeah. had law degrees. I love it. Just so they knew what they are talking about. So the guy defending the druggie, he's showing a video. He's trying to show a video of the day in question, and he can't get the video working. He's finally showing his iPad, and it's this horrible animation that completely screws up. He's like, I need to talk to my nephew about this. It's really, really funny. The judge, again, an actor, not a real judge, but a former uh, litigator. He was a lawyer for many, many years. So they got good people there. Uh, it's just funny. And I'll even say that, more than that, this show really kind of aces lowbrow humor. You know, one thing I think adults don't like to admit is that Except if we're real, real tight-ass snobs, we never stop liking the humor we like when we're 11. We never stop liking poop jokes. We never stop liking, you know, people falling down the steps. But, you know, it's not enough just to show someone pooping. You have to make a funny joke about it. There's a whole joke here about Almost, almost an entire episode is based on poop. Right, and, and Marston playing ball on this, yeah. right? You could yeah. see an actor who's like, I'm not going to make a joke about me shitting in the toilet. And he's complete game about it. And, of course, Ronald, you know, pulls up his end of it. He basically takes the blame for Marsden destroying a toilet. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and we laugh, even though we're adults. But, you know, that, it's well done. And then there's a joke about, you know, the, 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 the nerdy guy, the, the fast girl's got a crush on him. And he's like, well, it doesn't really count. I want to stay a virgin, but it doesn't really count if we do soaking. They're like, what's that? Like, well, it's when a guy puts his penis inside the woman and doesn't thrust, he just lies there and someone else jumps on the bench. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It's the kind of things you laugh at when you're 12, but somehow they make it work. And I think we overlooked that a lot of good comedy does that. It takes these, it takes things, again, it's, it's, it's getting rid of first pass comedy. It's like, okay, that's a funny idea. When you're 12, you have funny ideas. Okay, it's a funny idea. How do we make it into a smart, funny idea? And somehow they do that with poop jokes and jokes about soaking. This is Noah's anti-TikTok screed right here, everybody. Right. So that's why. And then on top of that, just look, I've said this for years. This is the Ted Lasso effect and some other things we talked about. Toxicity everywhere in our media. Toxic men, toxic white people, toxic everyone. It's so nice to have an antidote to that. It's so nice to, forgive me, have Ronald Gladden, who to all appearances is in a, a, uh, an anti-Trump. This show redeems so many, it seems to redeem. I mean, not literally, but it, 
it offers arguments for redemption of so many aspects of our society that we all feel are destroyed beyond hope. The legal system, reality TV, handsome actors like James Marsden, and most of all, average guys. Your average, run-of-the-mill, good-looking white guy can still be an awesome, awesome dude on every level. When they say jury of your peers, I think that's accurate. From the people that I've seen in the waiting room, you have everybody from all classes of people, age groups, everything, races, ethnicities, you name it. Everybody's in that waiting room, I feel like. Noah, would you have liked uh, jury duty as a kid? Yeah, I mean, why not? I think I would have enjoyed it on all the same levels I enjoyed it now. I think if I were someone who was into TikTok or more into social media, I might even, you know, be more vociferous with my lionization of Ronald Gladden. Oh, how heartbreaking is it going to be when he's arrested for something, right? How sad will that be? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. This is a silver bullet for all for all age ranges. Um, you know, I, I, if anything, I think the problem is location, 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 as I like to say, of real estate. Because this show is stranded on Freebie, um, which no one knows about. Yeah, but everyone can get it, and it's getting pressed. You have so to, I you have agree. to, you have to, well, look, it just, I'm just saying, it's like, you have to go find it. And look, full disclosure, I did not watch this on Freebie. I grab these episodes like because I'm I'm in Europe. I grab a lot of stuff off the torrents, right? I find these shows, and I don't like if it's it's just easier to watch. Um, like for instance, um, uh, uh, Righteous Gemstones. Even though I have the fucking HBO app, it's simpler just to rip the episodes down off and just watch them as files on my desktop. It, it, rather rather than fucking around with the VPN and doing all that shit, I pay for HBO, but I'm not going to watch it on HBO because the interface is better if I just have it somewhere on my desktop or device. And you know, I don't, I can't recommend that for everybody. But you know, I, and also they're not, they're not making any commercial money off of me. But look, anyway, the point is, it has really thrived because of word of mouth and evangelism through people like us who have gabbed to our commiserates about the quality of the show. And I mean, I've seen it happen where one person tells another person, tells five people, so on and so forth. Where the profile is not because of us in particular, but because of people like us are doing this. We are the beneficiaries of someone else's evangelism. And it continues. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, and even the TikTok generation, I feel like there's plenty of stuff in here that is TikTokable. You know, it, it doesn't elude that kind of media uh, impression. It still has the chance to, to loop in just about everybody, such as the brilliance of the design of this thing. Dude, we're golden, bro. Dude, we're in the moment. I appreciate it. Don't man. even it's worry just, about it. Nowadays, it's like someone takes a photo of that, puts a photo of me next to it, and like, we saw James Marsden, giant shit. And it, like that gets out and circulates the gossip sites. Uh, I mean, I think I know the general answer to this, but uh, is there any sense in which you think jury duty is a sign of the apocalypse? <laughs> no, contrary to that, it's another example of the potential reframe of entertainment where people might want to watch the Ronald's Gladden of the world and the Joe's Exotic, for instance, Tom Hanksness is prevailing in an episodic form. And the thing is, it's like, I am not going to step over the fact that this is a film show with writers and editors in particular. And I know that the, you know, the outset was to design an image around Ronald Gladden, if possible, to give him a hero edit as some of these shows. You know, like any reality show has the ability to turn people into semi-douchebags, 
uh, outright heroes, really good upstanding people, outright villains, so on and so forth. I have to assume that since they talked so much about what was in the, you know, when they pulled the curtain back and they showed you so much of what made the show the show, um, he didn't stop being himself in the footage they didn't release to us. It looked like he was generally the same type of guy. All they needed to do was pick from one of a thousand moments you know, when you only have space for 25 in a TV show, there's a lot of stuff left off the margin. But they, it wasn't a difficult thing to get a hero edit. He, he fit right in to the story that they were trying to build. So, I mean, you know, these are all good things, I think, that shows there's still some life on the surface of Earth uh, remaining. <laughs> Something left. We're yeah. not completely extinct yeah. yet. Yeah, no, I think in some ways this is the opposite of the apocalypse. I think it's... I think surveillance being watched weirdness weird people discomfort tv shows that fuck with your head everything that fucks with your head i think these things are here to stay and the hope for humanity is that we find ways for these things to be non-toxic or even to support our humanity you know what i'm hopeful about the next generation one of the things i think about is how yeah the digital natives whatever the kids who live completely in their phones that it's not necessarily a bad thing that they live this way that this stuff can be about higher engagement with the world, with making change, right? You know, maybe I'm fooling myself sometimes with that thought. Maybe it's, you know, rose-colored glasses, but rose-colored, you know, screen uh, filters. Yeah, yeah. But Blue blockers. Um, right, blue blockers. <laughs> uh, but that's one of the, uh, one of the things I, I think about is that Crazy shit like reality, you know, shitty reality TV and 24-7 surveillance are here to stay. How do those things become not shitty, right? And maybe Jury Duty is an example of that. Um, and then the, there are people who are like, Ronald Gladden's great. He should run for office. Like, all right, slow down. Yeah, let's but, let's uh, slow our roll. Let's, let's control ourselves. Right. When he, be, when he becomes the evil dictator, then, then this will be a sign of the apocalypse. I, I, can't, I can't in and out. Like, that's, not, that's, that's penetrative pre, premarital sex. Like, that's wrong, right? So, so soaking would be where I just put it in. And then it's like, what if we were just kind of bouncing, right? And it, like, wasn't me. Like, what Blue if? Loopholes. All right, Noah, let's uh, bring this thing into a close. Tell me about jealousy and uh, what does this inspire, uh, yeah. if, it, if it does in fact inspire any well, kind of jealousy. Well, I'm incredibly jealous of this. I'm jealous, obviously I'm jealous of, well, I'm jealous of the, uh, the actors. So, you know, I did improv for years. It was okay. It wasn't that great. I was never going anywhere with it. These people are great improvisers. They do a great job. They're way more talented than me. And talk about fun. Like, you know, why did I do improv? It was fun. It's a high, was this is a high wire act, you know? But man, this has got to be the most fun job of their career. I mean, oh my God. And you pat yourself on your back on the back. I did a great job pulling it together, making it work. Ronald didn't catch on to it. By the way, there are people who talk, oh, how did he not see it coming? Why would it occur to him that they were actors? Exactly. Even the moment where he says, this is crazy. It's like a reality TV show here. And by the way, all the improvisers, none of them break or smile when he says it's that. It's amazing, yeah. And you, but the, you also, the, it's inoculation by having an actual actor there already. It's like you, you put that out in front by having Marsden there. It takes the, sh it shoulders the blame. You don't have to think of anybody else as an actor because you actually have a known actor yeah. who's playing an actor in front of you. Right, right. It's, it, it, by the way, uh, one thing I didn't learn until just reading yesterday. So most of these improvisers are not big stars. None of them have Wikipedia pages except, of course, Marsden. And oddly, the guy who plays Pat. 
Yeah. He's an actor named Kirk Kirk Fox. Yeah, he's he's a Stubnitsky and Eisenberg regular. He goes right. Back, yeah. Clint Eastwood's former son-in-law, but uh, apparently his best-known role is he had a recurring role on Parks and Rec, Parks and Recreation. And there's a moment I didn't know this when uh, Ronald reveals, you know, when they're taping, when he's talking to the other jurors, he thinks it's real that he's a Parks and Rec fan. So they go, oh, oh shit, we don't want him to recognize Kirk Fox, right? So apparently they, they, this is like what Marsden's saying, they had to like change the script as it went on to roll with Ronald. And one of his like, so they, they downgraded that character's interaction with Ronald because they didn't want him spending too much time with him. And he looks different than he did on the show. His hair, his facial hair is all different. But still they're like, shit, like we, we don't want to get rid of the guy, but we have to downgrade his role. Um, yeah, I mean, what would I, I mean, I guess he could have lied and he said, oh yeah, people tell me I look like that guy, I'm not. You know, I mean, that probably would have satisfied Ronald. But, um, yeah, so I'm jealous of the improvisers. I'm jealous of Ronald for being celebrated for being a nice guy. I feel like I'm in the, you know, people tell me I'm a nice guy. I feel like I don't get enough credit for it. Ha ha. Uh, but also watching the show, he's a nicer guy than me. You know, like one of the things people lionize is there's this great character, Todd, who's just totally weird and nerdy. And he comes in with these bizarre inventions, the chants, the chair pants. Yeah. Pants that have a chair attached. And instead of rolling his eyes and going, all right, I'm staying away from this weirdo, which I would do, he, like, embraces Todd. He shows him a bug's life. They, the DVD is in the, the hotel where they're sequestered. And he's like, oh, this is about another guy who's a you know, guy, aunt, whatever, character, who's inventing stuff and people don't understand him. He's, he's, he's a nicer guy than me. So I'm very jealous of that as well. So yeah, this is uh, I'm I'm all jealousy is I'm soaking in it, man. I am soaking in it. Yeah, I have to uh, cop, uh, cop to some jealousy as well. Not not only just because of what you just said, but I've actually wanted to serve on a jury for years. You know, I much yeah, like, I never have. Much You've like, never served. Much huh? like you, Noah, I believe yeah. uh, I've, I've been like, called for jury duty like sorry, I've been called for jury duty like six times. Oh, and I've never. I've been called. I've been called two times. One was back on really? Long, back, oh. one was back on Long Island. One was downtown on Center Street. I, at least six times. Twice since I've been in San Francisco and at least four times. And I'll do uh, yeah, I think it's your civic responsibility to, to participate in the, in the jurisprudential process as well as to pay taxes. I have no problem doing both of those things. I think that they are noble, requ- required exploits of being a citizen. Right? I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think the jury um, system is very imperfect, but in sure. concept, I think it is exactly. a good thing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've been, like I said, I never made it to voir dire, um, you know, but... To, to, to further elaborate on what you said about about Gladden, um, you know, it's 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 let's say it's kind of a, it's not the right term. It's a closet kink fantasy to be to to, to be wanting <laughs> to be looked at the way Gladden is being regarded now. You know, like such is the positive renewal of of Caucasoid materials comprising comprising the, the straight white man. In our degraded landscape, you know, we're, we're, you know, like you said, so many villains bear our shape to some degree or another. The age, the color of the skin, the middle classness of it all. And, you know, like the idea of being a foreman on a jury where people look up to you and then having this kind of like, it's easy to make a hero out of Ronald if you do the right things. I would love to have that. Even if it wasn't filmed, I would love to go home each night thinking that that's the way I live my life just for a couple of days with other people in a room where there's some actual responsibility. You know, that's that's what I get off on, man. That's kind of my thing. So let's uh, shift into the Felonian scale. Where do you uh, rank this in the XYZ axis of uh, topics that we've covered on the show? 
all right, uh, looking at good things we've done, I, I, I took just something that was a good product, and the most recent product TV show we saw that I thought was, you know, big thumbs up was Beef. All right, so start with Beef. Then I wanted to multiply it by something that actually cuts against the downward slide of humanity, which is, and hey, you know, we, we wear our biases on our sleeve on the show, which might is Dark Brandon, right? Remember Dark Brandon? Yes, I do. They got to keep pushing that shit. Well, I think they, they kind of It's become bidynomics now. That's the new buzzword. Well, I think they should do both, frankly. Uh, so by, sorry, by, Dark Brandon times beef. But I think that's too big. As much as I like the show, I don't think it's going to save the world. So beef times dark Brandon divided by four. Okay? Yes. You got that? Yes. Okay. And that is where you find jury duty on the felonious scale. Beef times dark Brandon divided by four. You had me up until the four. That really um, changed my um, competition. So you wouldn't divide it by four. You do beef times dark. You think it's close to beef times dark Brandon. No, but this is like um, you're looking at an open-ended, uh, you know, like you just can't figure out why does the theorem not work. It's because I didn't come up with the four part. You know I'm saying? It doesn't add up until you add the four. That's a zig where I would have zagged. That's why I appreciate it. Well, no, this is actually going to surprise you, but I'm going to comp this with beef. I'm going to go one-on-one with a TV show. Just, at, okay, just directly at beef. Yeah. Same level as beef. Yeah. Right. I, can't, I can't play four-dimensional chess like you can. You know but, what I'm but beef is beef doesn't make you feel good about humanity. It's just a good TV show. Well, all right. I mean, it, it, let's talk about it this way. Like, it, it's not because, And I think this show's way better than beef, to tell you honestly. Uh, I, you know, beef is going to stick out in my mind at the end of the year. I mean, as this will as well, but they're two different things. I mean, and... Uh, look, it's not because of there's like a narrative feature similarity, but like owing to the degree of success that the creators achieved in the thing that they set out to build. And uh, I'll, I'll bring up the name Sonny Lee, the guy who made Beef. He used Beef uh, as a way to x-ray the, the psychological features of the, of the modern, in brackets, Asian-American Los Angelino, because that was the most important part of it. And it was a world I really hadn't slash seen, hadn't slash wasn't going to be able to see with that level of perspective. And I think Stepnitsky and Eisenberg did something a little similar, um, you know, with the prosaic confines of our jurisprudential system, where they were able to essay a, a common man slash, thank you, common man slash common good story using a real test subject. Um, it has to do with the level of difficulty and what I feel like is the... Um, product the outcome the achievement of each and yes there's there's very little rollover in terms of what they're saying other than the fact that they're in the same part of america with maybe some of the same kind of middle classness of it all you know what is your what is your responsibility to society you know what is it that you do when you're there what is your reaction to people around you and what makes a good person that's fine that's fine um but like i said i i it made me think of like the two best tv shows that i watched this year have those things in common and, um, you know, again, I don't watch a lot of scripted TV. And this made me glad that we found these two things because I think I'm already ahead of where we were in, in 2022 in that respect. That's pretty good. I mean, I, it's funny. I was looking at the Emmy nominations and I feel like this year is an outlier for recent years and like how many of those shows I've seen. Yeah. Like I was all over Succession. I was all over. I finally caught up with The White Lotus. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. haven't seen some of those yeah. shows and now I've seen I've seen this so, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about golden age of TV for, what, 20 years now? And occasionally there like, are golden years of TV, you know, not just golden, the golden yeah. Our golden years. Yeah, yeah, golden years. We're all in our golden years. Anyway, um, so, look, we like the show. It's nice to talk about something we like. 
If it's still hot, we might talk about that movie from hell next week. So prepare yourselves, folks. We're going to talk about Asia. Suck again. out our positivity now because the negativity, negativity, the negativity is coming back, friends. And it's going to come back strong sooner or later. Well, everybody. Wrap us up. Wrap us up, Billy. Find past episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Uh, I know you can do it. We're ready. We're here. The, the lines are open. We are ca- catching your calls live on the air. Write to us at noandbilldon'tgetit at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregate tours. I am on Twitter uh, for the moment, as we all are for the moment, at William Scurry. And uh, I'm on threads, as Noah is. I'm on Insta. I am on Facebook, whatever you want to find. Not that anybody cares. You all know already where we are. YouTube.com slash AMCaesar for all my video uh, projects uh, thereof. And now here, here is that guy. Here's Noah. He'll talk to you about himself. Uh, himself is all about the Big Quiz Thing, bigquizthing.com, the finest in corporate and private trivia events nationwide, worldwide. Big summer happening. Why limit yourself to just corporate and private? Because we did public events. Well, we do fundraisers, too. We did public events for you. What about microscopic? Microscopic quiz. We're working on that. We did uh, something interesting. We did a recent event for McDonald's. We had a question about the smallest McDonald's in the world. It was on a rooftop in Norway, Sweden, rather. And it's for bees. So not quite microscopic, but there is a small McDonald's that you can't really... And it has honey in it. So it actually is a restaurant for bees. These are the things I learned in my stupid-ass job. Anyway, uh, hire my stupid-ass company. Uh, Take that out. Um, I am also on... uh, Personally, I've been using Threads, the Noah Tarno. I've kind of been neglecting Insta at the expense of Threads, giving that a role, because why not? You know, Zuckerberg already took over my life. Might as well give him more of my brain. So check me out, at me, Noah Tarno, on Threads. And, um, yeah, BigQuizThing.com. That's all. Oh, we're doing another... Uh, it's funny. I, ironically, we're doing another virtual public event. It's sort of a sampler for corporate clients, but all are welcome. Uh, that's going to be happening August 9th. So details about that coming up online at BigQuizThing.com. Okay, everybody. So until the next episode, where one of us is scammed by a jury system and the other one wins an Emmy for playing himself. We We don't don't get get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2023.